Welcome, future friends. It's a new week, and you know what that means. New movies. We have four movies that have been done before, one movie that's based off a French comic, and one movie that's just about getting home. It's the week of July 21st, 2017, and this is episode 51 of Future Flicks with Billiam. everyone welcome let me tell you a little bit about what it is i do here just in case you're new so this is future flex i'm your host billiam if you're new welcome to the show if you are not new welcome back how you been? You're looking good. On Future Flicks, I go over every movie that's being released during the week. I tell you what it's about, who's in it, and my thoughts on it. I will give the movie a score, which I call the Billiams Interest Level Score, aka the Bill Score. This score is only based on the trailer and sometimes anything I've read about the movie. But let's start this episode off with some housekeeping. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, We'll catch up on Tumblr sometime soon, and any podcast listening app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website, that's somewhatnerdy.com. You can reach me at Twitter, at BilliamSWN, Instagram, BilliamSWN, and email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. So let's move on to our first segment, which, as always, is the news. Variety is reporting that Sony is bringing the anime classic Robotech to the silver screen. This has IT director Andy Muschietti at the helm. At one point, there were rumors floating around that Leonardo DiCaprio was going to be involved because he is supposedly a big fan of the series and purchased the rights for it. Of course, these rumors bounced around about 10 plus years ago, and the fact that we haven't heard anything until now tells me that, guess what? Maybe he didn't actually buy the rights. Variety did report, though, that he was at one point interested. This next story will have spoilers for Captain America Civil War, so if you're some scrub who hasn't seen it yet, skip forward like 30 seconds or so. 30 seconds just to be safe. Cinema Blend is reporting that at the beginning of Avengers Infinity War, Steve Rogers will be going by the name Nomad, seeing as he stepped away from being Captain America at the end of Civil War. Time will tell how long he'll carry the name in the movie and how he'll become Captain America once again. The 16th was a bad day for Hollywood. We lost George A. Romero, who was 77, and Martin Landau, who was 89. I wrote a blog for Somewhat Nerdy talking about my favorite roles the two did, so be sure to check it out. A link will be in the show notes. Slash Film has some interesting news for fans of Uncle Scrooge. DuckTales is returning to TV this year. The Disney Channel is bringing it back. It will be a Disney XD show, so if you're familiar with the channel, that may mean something to you. Maybe even let me know what it means, because I am too much of a lazy ass to Google it. This will be released on August 12th. Nerdist News reports that we'll have a new doctor. 
as in Doctor Who, Jodie Whittaker from Broadchurch will be the 13th Doctor, and this is already coming with some controversy behind it. Some people are happy that we're getting a female Doctor, and other people are angry, and of the camp of the people that are angry, there are two of them. There are the people who are angry, thinking that the Doctor Who folks are just pandering to the social justice warrior audience who's been asking for a female Doctor for years. The other side of the argument actually comes from the social justice warriors themselves, especially a feminist Twitter account, which will go unnamed because I don't want to give idiots like this any credibility. They say, and people like them say, that this is not enough. That, yay, we may have a female doctor, but what about a doctor of color? What about a LGBT doctor? And to that, I say, shut the f*** up. I hate that so many people underplay the importance of the companions. And that a lot of times the companions are just as important, if not more important, than the Doctor. Because they really dictate how the Doctor's story for that particular series goes. And the last companion we had was a woman of color who is lesbian. Oh my god, that's everything they were asking for. YouTuber Philip DeFranco said it best, you can't expect everything to fit your narrative. I just want a good Doctor. I don't care if it's a man, woman, straight gay. I don't care what color they are. I don't give a damn. I just want a good person. I liked Capaldi. He wasn't popular. I liked him though. I just want someone good to replace him. I don't care about any of the rest. And if you care that much, you are a moron. Back to movie news. We had a couple stories that weren't movie, but here we go. Aladdin has found its cast. Mena Massad from the TV show called Open Heart will play the title character as Naomi Scott from Power Rangers will play Jasmine. Will Smith is still on to play the genie, all this according to Variety. So it looks like that they couldn't get a nobody to play the title role, but at least they found someone who wasn't already super famous. Hugh Jackman is set to play Scar in the Lion King remake. Here we go with even more live-action Disney news. Of course, this one is CG, along the lines of Jungle Book. This is the movie, speaking of Jungle Book, that is being directed by Jon Favreau. People who went to Disney's recent event got to see a teaser and reports are that it looks great. But the rest of us are just common folk and don't get to see a teaser because f*** us, right? Brian Singer is now the director of the Queen biopic with Rami Malek at the helm. This according to Screen Rant. The movie originally had Sasha Baron Cohen as Freddie Mercury, but he stepped down after reported micromanaging from the surviving members of Queen. Cohen became disillusioned over the project, which was supposed to be a Mercury biopic, and the members of Queen wanted to focus on the band instead. Well, that is it for the news. Did I miss anything that you think should be out there to my tens and tens of listeners? Then hit me up. You know how to reach me. Let me know what I missed. And before we get into the next segment, which we know is a trailer trove, I'm going to try something different and I'm going to you know, ask for your feedback in the comments and all the way different ways you reach me. A lot of you listen to all the shows in the somewhat nerdy podcast network family and the Watch Your Mouth podcast, which let's be honest, they may not officially be with somewhat nerdy, but they're family nonetheless. So since a lot of you probably listen to both shows, you know, the Watch Your Mouth podcast and I have this awesome bromance going that Dan jeopardized. No, he didn't jeopardize it. It, w- it would take a lot, a lot to really jeopardize the, the, the bromance because because I love you guys. You guys do a great show. I actually really hate it when you take a break because I'm glad you get time for yourselves. You get two weeks for yourselves, but I want you back. I need you back. 
I need watch your mouth in or around, preferably in my ear holes. Anyway, I have now, I have a promo for them. So that means I now have four promos on the show. And and Snarf Chris said, you know, I don't have to play every promo. I can switch it up. But I want to see. I want to see if I can get them all in and not have one huge commercial break. So in between the segments, I'm going to have one promo. So here is our first promo, which is a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Imagine yourself on a journey with the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast. The bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. All right, friends, we are back. We are back to it. And let's jump right into the trailer trove. But before I do that, I want to talk about what I'm drinking really quick. Uh, <laughs> I was just at Grocery Outlet because I like saving money. And I saw this beer, or Ann and I saw this beer, called Belgian Beaver Brewery's Peanut Butter Milk Stout. And if you had to suppress a gag just from listening to that i fully understand i'm most of the way through a bottle and i'm torn i'm drinking it and i my initial thought is oh my god this is awful why am i doing this to myself and then i think about it, I'm like oh that's not that bad i'll do it again and i take a sip and oh my god this is awful why am i doing this to myself why do i hate myself so bad and I'm like, oh it's not that bad and that's been my experience for this whole time but luckily for me, my lovely partner in crime has some vodka gummy bears already prepared, so those are going to go in my mouth next. But now it's time for the trailer trove. Avast, and welcome to the trailer trove. All right, folks, get your boner pants ready. We have a trailer for A Wrinkle in Time, and it looks f***ing amazing. Okay, maybe me using the term boner pants when talking about a movie based off a kid's book wasn't the best idea, but the movie looks really good. This stars Oprah Winfrey and Chris Pine. Check it out. A bit of quick video game news. I just want to go over this because it's it's big news. We have a new look at Kingdom Hearts 3, a game 12 years. You heard me right, 12 years in the making. A critter, if you're listening right now, you're probably like busy drilling on yourself right now. But I just want, even you who doesn't like video games can appreciate that weight and how excited a lot of us are now. So we're finally getting a look at Kingdom Hearts 3. It's been so long since 2 came out. We've played prequels and side stories since 2, but this is it. This is the game we've been waiting for. This is the last chapter in the series or what is supposed to be the last chapter in the series. We'll see if Disney and Square Enix changes their mind. This this gives us a look at the Toy Story world. Check it out. Back to movies, Blade Runner 2049 has a second trailer and it just keeps looking better and better. I have high hopes for this movie. I hope it's actually good and not just trailer guy doing his job. Ryan Gosling, Harrison Ford, Robin Wright, Jared Leto, Dave Bautista. What a fantastic cast. Leatherface has a trailer. It looks 
exactly as I expected. A modern take on a slasher favorite. It looks like it's going to be entertaining and tell us about the origin of the misunderstood monster. If you follow Somewhat Nerdy on Facebook, you may have already seen this as I posted it on our Facebook page, but if not, the disaster artist has a teaser trailer and it's everything I could have ever wanted. James Franco seems to be playing one of his stoner characters, but that really works for Tommy Wiseau. It works so well. Check it out. The teaser is hilarious. And finally, in the trove, we have a trailer for Birth of the Dragon. This is based on the true events leading up to Bruce Lee being the legend we all knew him as. The kung fu powers that be in China send a master to learn about the up-and-comer Bruce Lee, and the two set up a fight. In order to keep his school and prove he's a master worthy of the title, he must beat Wong Jack Man the master who came to check him out. And that is it for the trove. Let us get into the movies, but before we do, here's a word from our friends at Nerds of the Squared Circle. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Starf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling do you like wrestling yeah then you should listen to our podcast do you not like wrestling you should still listen to our podcast someone to read a comms nerds in the squared circle subscribe to us on itunes or your favorite podcast app today nerds in the squared circle on someone nerdy.com all right everyone we are back welcome back what do you think what do you think of the way i'm spreading out these promos so far because if it doesn't work, if I can't find a good way to space this out, I'm just going to have to cycle through them. I have four promos, and then I'll pick, you know, three at a time, and each week it's someone else's turn to sit out. I hope I don't have to do that. I hope this is going to work. But give me your feedback, your honest feedback. What do you think? But here are the movies this week. The first one on the list is called First Kill. A man is forced to do the bidding of a criminal in order to get his kidnapped son back. He has to evade the police chief, a man he knows quite well, in order to complete his quest. This stars Bruce Willis from Moonlighting and Hayden Christensen from the Star Wars prequels, that is episode two's, episodes 2 and 3. Okay, we've seen this movie before. We know how it works. Good guy's son gets kidnapped. He must do very bad things in order to get his son back. Cop tries to stop him. In this film, it looks like the cop joins the guy. The guy gets his kid back. Happy ending. The only reason this movie is even slightly interesting to me is the cast. That's it. Hayden Christensen has been acting consistently since the end of the prequels, but I haven't seen most of it. I've seen a couple things, and what I have seen, I've liked. This one I may actually watch, if I can see it for free. That is, streaming. This just doesn't look like the type of film to spend money on. We've seen films like this before, like I said, Nick of Time with Johnny Depp, Hostage with Bruce Willis, Prisoners with Hugh Jackman, kind of, and a bunch of other movies that I'm too lazy to think about right now. This is a tired idea that's banking on the famous names and the fact that this is going to be a mindless action movie. That's it. That's all it has to offer us. The trailer was pretty sh- it's that type of trailer that works way, way too hard to try and make a movie look exciting. Like taking scenes that have nothing to do with excitement at all and putting epic music to it. The last scene of the trailer was Hayden Christensen jumping over a log. Oh, f***ing action right there. Damn, son, slow down. Your kid's not that important, right? 
I bet you this isn't going to be a bad film. This is going to be a mediocre best film, but in the world of movies we live in today, it's not good enough. A movie like this either has to do more to get us in the theaters or sell to Netflix, Hulu, or Amazon quickly after the theater date so people can watch it for free. Keep this movie on your radar as something mildly interesting, but don't put too much effort into watching it. First Kill gets a 4 out of 11. The next movie on this week's list is called The Midwife. A woman gets a call from her father's old mistress, the same woman who left the father decades before, causing him to kill himself. The woman starts to meet with the former mistress and the two grow closer. This was written and directed by Martin Prost, who did Seraphine and Violet, two famous French films, so if you know those, you know his work, and you also know more than I do. In true French fashion, this film confuses the f*** out of me for quite a few reasons. The first is... Why the hell is it called The Midwife? Just because a woman is a midwife? That itself doesn't seem to have much to do with the movie at all, at least from what the trailer showed. It's like if you took the movie Ghost and called it The Potter, or if you took Collateral and called it The Cabbie. If the fact that she's a midwife is actually important to the plot, then that's one thing. But the trailer only mentioned it once, and the rest of the trailer doesn't even hint at her job being important at all. The other thing that confuses me is that... The main character seems to have history and fond memories with the mistress, so I'm wondering if the French use the term mistress differently than we do. One of the definitions of mistress has nothing to do with extramarital affairs, but the other definition doesn't make sense. So I'm wondering where they're coming at this from. As a movie, this looks basic, and it makes me wonder if there's something else to it. The French have their own style of trailer, which usually leaves me cold. Even movies I end up liking... The trailers look boring and pretentious, so I'm wondering if this movie is going to have more to it than meets the eye. We've also seen movies like this before and have seen them done much better. Fried Green Tomatoes, Beaches, Stepmom. Okay, true, each of those movies and this one have differences. Like this one is about the mistress and the woman getting to know her father's mistress all over again. That's different, but it's the same idea, basic idea. Women who either don't really know each other or have a bad history are spending more time together for some reason or another. And during that time, they grow closer. They have a lot of fond memories. They sometimes will break the law and bond over that. They'll get into an accident, bond over that. Something happens that's not normally a good thing and they bond over that. The details of the plot are different. I will give the midwife that. But... It's still been done before, and it doesn't feel like they do enough with what's new to make it feel fresh. The trailer for this had to do a lot more to make me care at all. It fell woefully short. This is a tired idea that the only new thing it's bringing to the table is the fact that we haven't seen a story like this from the French yet. The Midwife gets a 2 out of 11. Alright folks, we have one movie left before the break, and that movie... It's called Landline. Dana is getting married. Trouble is, she's starting to question her decision. Allie is a teenager who can't find her path in life and won't settle on a college and decides to party instead. Alan is a husband having an affair. And Pat is the wife who feels ignored by them all. Together, they're one big happy family. This stars Jenny Slate from Obvious Child, John Turturro from Oh Brother Where Art Thou, Edie Falco from Nurse Jackie, and Jay Duplass from The Mindy Project. Welcome to the third movie in a row that feels old and rehashed. Yay! I love this theme. It makes me it makes me so happy. 
because I get to swear a lot. The trouble with this one is that I can't think of what other movies are like it, but it just seems so familiar and I'm so bored after watching the trailer. I'm bored by the thought of it. It's a shame. I really like Slate, Turturro, and Falco, but the trailer for this movie did nothing for me. This almost feels like they have the family dynamic of the family from Easy A, but, you know, not happy. If any of you out there... Any of you wonderful listeners, my future friends, can think of a movie that this is exactly like, please let me know. Say, hey, Billiam, you don't know your stuff good enough. I got this. Suck it. And then tell me the movie. Or maybe I am just being a negative ass today and just want wanted to shit all over this movie. And maybe there's nothing like it. Maybe it's the most original idea ever and I just didn't acknowledge it. Which one is it? Let me know. This whole movie just looked so boring and that's even worse than it being bad at least bad will stick around in my head for a bit longer at least bad gives me something to talk about but boring doesn't this is listed as a comedy but i didn't even laugh once in the trailer if this is a comedy this is a super indie comedy in the sense that it's not actually funny but it's just a little too odd to be considered a straight up drama so they just threw the title comedy on it this film had promise, and I think that's very sad. It had promise, but it was lost somewhere in either the editing floor or maybe the director and writer just isn't funny. Her last movie was Obvious Child with Jenny Slate, and that was kind of the same. Not plot-wise, but comedy-wise. It was another movie that wasn't funny, but it was too irreverent to be a full-on drama. But that movie was better. Not, not good, mind you, just better. This odd style of comedy with air quotes is just what i expect from indie films that they're trying to be indie a jillian robespierre is turning into that kind of writer director that we can expect these typical films from her last film had a different plot but for some reason it feels like it could have been the direct prequel to landline this film does nothing to stand out the only reason it's not getting the lowest score possible is that the cast redeems it a bit this is boring and uninteresting so much so that it turns this partially original plot into something that feels done before skip this movie at all costs landline gets a two out of 11. And with that, my future friends, it is time for our break. This is where the, norm the normal break would be, where I would put all of the ads, but since we have four of them, I thought that was a little too much to put in the in that space. So here are the two words we have left from our friends at the Watch Your Mouth podcast and the Uncorked Gamers. Stay tuned. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever interneting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall -wall filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, Yeah, <laughs> the f*** yeah. did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that f***ing jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth Podcast on iTunes. SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at WIMpodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. I'm Dan. I'm Jeff. And we're the Uncore Gamers. Have you been looking for a video game podcast where people don't get insider knowledge, where people don't have access to games early, and they're just everyday Joes like you? 
Is that the same podcast that I've been looking for where sometimes we don't even talk about video games? That's right. This is the Uncore Gamers, a gaming podcast where we talk about games when there's gaming news. If there's not, we don't try to half-fist game stuff into your throat. We'll talk about things like the 90s, parenting. And the 80s? And the 80s. (laughs) All right. So if you're looking for a video game podcast where people make bad decisions just like you do in your everyday life, check out the Uncore Gamers. We're remember, all just a bunch of scumbags. So remember, if it isn't about video games, we'll find a way to make it about video games. And welcome back. <clears throat> all right, we have three movies left on the show. The first of which is called Girls Trip. Four friends who haven't seen each other in years take a trip to New Orleans for the annual Essence Festival. And they rekindle their friendship and remember who they were when they still hung out. This stars Jada Pinkett Smith from Gotham, Queen Latifah from Chicago, Regina Hall from the Scary Movie franchise, and Tiffany Haddish from Keanu. And this, my future friends, is yet another movie that's been done before. The good thing is that this one looks funny. We've seen this movie before, and I think that the director and the four writers knew that going in. This is directed by Malcolm D. Lee, who did Undercover Brother, The Best Man, and Barbershop, The Next Cut, so he knows his way around comedies with black casts. The most famous of the four writers is Kenya Barris, a man who knows his way around comedy. Movies like this are easy to get away with. Did you like The Hangover, Bridesmaids, Office Christmas Party, Rough Night? Well, here's another one just like the others, and you'll love it because it's slightly different and just as funny with the same type of jokes. I could find two tropes in the trailer, but I couldn't figure out who the other two were out of all the main characters. In the trailer, I could easily spot the one that's obviously from the ghetto, and then there's the one who acts white, and by that I mean doesn't easily fall into some stereotype. I like the fact that I couldn't pinpoint the other two, which gives this movie some credibility. It's not a lazy movie that spoon-feeds us tropes. It's trying to be more than that, and I applaud it. That being said, this movie still goes for the easy jokes, just like all the other movies like to do. Of course, if you wanted a smart comedy, you wouldn't be considering this film. I was never a fan of Jada Pinkett Smith until recently because she has always played the same sort of character in whatever she did. She played varying degrees of herself. True, I haven't watched everything she did, but I I don't really need to. You shouldn't have to watch everything someone does to get a feeling for who they are. So there could be a couple hidden gems out there, but for the most part, she played herself up until recently. After she got done with her show, or her show Hawthorne was cancelled, around 2014, she got Gotham, and that's when she actually started to impress me. It felt like she started to act, actually. And you know what? It seems like she's playing a different character in this one, too, so good for her. I'm excited to see where she can go from here. This is a movie I'll watch, but just not in theaters. It didn't impress me enough to get me to drop the top two movies on my list to go see it. I'll go see two movies this week, and... It would have taken something a lot more to get me to see 3. If this one had come out on streaming service 2, then yes, I would have watched this. I would have liked to have sit at home and watched this, and I would have watched it this week. But it's not worth a theater trip, especially with blockbuster season still going. Put this on your list if you like easy, raunchy comedies. If not, pass. But if you do want to see this, save it for home. Girls' Night gets a 6.5 out of 11. Well, my future friends, we've come down to the last two movies, and I have to say, I couldn't decide on which one I wanted to see more, so I'll tell you what. It's going to be a dual pick week. The first pick of the week is Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. 
Special operatives Valerian and Loreline must race to stop a marauding menace and safeguard Alpha, the city of a thousand planets, as well as the universe. This stars Dane DeHaan from The Amazing Spider-Man 2, Cara Delevingne from Suicide Squad, Ethan Hawke from Training Day, John Goodman from 10 Cloverfield Lane, and Clive Owen from Children of Men. This was written and directed by Luke Besson, who did The Fifth Element, Leon the Professional, and Lucy. This is based off a comic book called Valerian and Loreline, created by Pierre Christen and Jean-Claude, I'll call him Menzies, because I don't know how to say his name. M-E-Z-I-E-R-E-S. Jean-Claude Menzies. There we go. This movie has been boasting that it's based on a comic book that inspired generations. Like, it supposedly inspired Star Wars and how many goddamn things inspired Star Wars anyway. But also, who gives a f what i care about is what this movie looks like okay you can you can have source material that inspired like some of the greatest movies of all time but if you do a job of it no one's going to care of course this one looks like it's going to be another case of places like rotten tomatoes and metacritic being too big of a group of distended ass because already i'm seeing these critic scores and the like regular people scores having a big difference. This isn't getting a lot of rave reviews from normal people, but it's not getting shit upon like it is from critics. Because remember folks, critics are dickbags. What really interests me about this movie is that it looks like it's going to be a bunch of sci-fi fun. It's going to be full of CG. It's going to be full of strange alien worlds and really cool tech. It's going to have action in it. It's going to have great aliens and it's going to be a wonderful adventure. And that's exactly what I want to see. Luke Besson is supposed to be a great director. And you know what? Every time I've seen one of his movies, I've really liked it. But I don't know him well enough to know what his thing is. You know, a lot of the great directors have things. I don't know what his is. Maybe his is just making weird-ass movies that turn out really good. And I also really want to see what he saw in Dane DeHaan. Like, I like him. I like Dane DeHaan. But I would never have picked him to be the star of, or one of the stars, of a sci-fi action movie. I never would have done that. I like him for a lot of other things, just not this. But from the looks of the trailers, he's pulling it off. And that gets me excited. That gets me excited that, to think that this is going to be a movie worth our time. And this and the next movie are exactly the type of movies you need to go to a theater to see. Because it's going to be over the top. It's going to be visually impressive. It's going to work well on the big screen. Is it going to be just as good on the small screen? Of course. But you know what? It's going to look great and even more impressive in the theater. This is going to be bright and colorful and pretty pretty. It's going to saturate you with colors and try to really get you engrossed in the worlds, especially the, the city of a thousand planets, like this place where aliens from a thousand different planets come together. It'll be a feast for the eyes, seeing how many of them actually get animated. And you know what's interesting about this movie? Technically, very technically, it's a French film. It may have been shot in English, but this was filmed in France at Studio de Paris, La Cité du Cinéma. Is this accent doing anything for you? Um, <laughs> it's, it, it's filmed in France. It's done by Europa Corps, who may do a lot of movies that really make it across the pond, but it also does a lot of French films. So when France, or when French movies, meet Hollywood, 
we get like this. And you know what? I'm impressed. I can't wait to see this. It's going to be a lot of fun. And you know what? They've kept a lot close to the vest because other than what I told you in the premise, not a lot more is known. Okay, it could be known, but I didn't want to dive more into it for fear of spoiling stuff. Each trailer basically showed the same things, like with Valerian and Loreline on different missions escaping danger, but what is this darkness that plagues the City of a Thousand Planets? Who knows? How does it affect the greater universe? Who knows? There's a lot that they kept hidden from us, and I really like that, that I have no idea where it's going to go. It can still surprise us, but it equally has a chance at disappointing. Though I think that it's going to do well. I think this is going to be a good movie that is right up the alley of not just me, but my fellow somewhat nerdy crew and the Watch Your Mouth podcast guys. I think we're all going to like this movie. It's going to be something that we should see in theaters. If you like blockbusters, if you like sci-fi movies, if you saw Fifth Element or any other of Luke Benson's movies and you liked it, then check this out. I am pumped for this movie. I cannot wait. Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets gets a 10 out of 11. And with that, my future friends, it is time for the second pick of the week, which, as we all know, is Dunkirk. Allied soldiers from Belgium, Britain, and France are surrounded by the Germans with no way to get home. It is then that civilians are asked to use their boats to go pick up the stranded soldiers. All this set to the backdrop of World War II. The star's newcomer, Fionn Whitehead, Jack Loudon from Denial, former One Direction singer Harry Styles, Aniran Barnard from Thirteen, Mark Rylance from Bridge of Spies, Tom Hardy from Bronson, and a lot more. So this movie kind of does fit, just a little bit, fits into this week's theme of Done Before. This particular story has never been done before, but we've seen World War II movies before. The good thing is, the good thing about this topic, and it feels weird saying that there's something good about World War II, but the good thing about this topic is that there's so many stories that you can tell a lot of them without any of them feeling boring and, and rehashed. Because guess what? History. It happened. This movie is a lot different from Saving Private Ryan, even though it's all about, they're both about rescuing. And guess what? Hacksaw Ridge was about a bunch of people being rescued too. And that's all a whole lot different. So while this one is set during a familiar war, everything else is different. Sure, the costumes are going to look familiar. The sets and props are going to look familiar. That stuff is going to look familiar. But the story itself is going to be different. And especially because this is given to us by Christopher Nolan. That's right. The man behind the Dark Knight trilogy is taking his turn with a World War II movie. And it looks great. Not only is he directing it, he's written it too. So he knows exactly what the writer wants. Because guess what, folks? He is the writer. And I'm really excited. You know how I just mentioned with Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets, how there's already a discrepancy between viewer scores and critic scores? Well, this one, both of the scores are really high. And when the people and the critics start agreeing on things, either the apocalypse is coming 
or the movie is really good. This movie kind of made a big deal about being filmed for 70mm IMAX screens, and I plan on seeing this on a 70mm IMAX because there's one not too far away from me, but the good news is that I've read a report that says it doesn't matter a whole lot. If you watch it on a plain-ass movie screen, you're not going to miss a lot. It's just going to be a little bit nicer to watch it on the proper screen. And you know what? I love IMAX screens. They're huge. I love it. I thrive to see movies on IMAX screens. It's going to be really interesting watching a movie with Christopher Nolan's unique eye and way of storytelling that really happened. So this isn't going to be The Dark Knight. This isn't going to be Inception. This isn't going to be Interstellar. This is going to be real. This is also going to be really brutal because these boys, a lot of them were boys. And I think that's something that we forget too easily, that this was, this was the big war. This was a war where we truly fought against what could have been annihilation. And so everyone truly believed in this cause, unlike Vietnam, unlike Korea, unlike Iraq and Afghanistan. Everyone believed in this cause. So we had people, we had, we had children lying about their age to get into this war to go fight. And so you have these children that are out there putting their lives on the line for the greater good against this great evil that are stranded out there, that are sitting ducks for the passing enemy planes that are just eating them up, that even when they get on a ship that the military sends for them, guess what? It's not good enough because your sh** is getting bombed. They have to go through all that. They spent all that time on that beach trying to get away that finally they send civilians after them. Civilians who have no training, who are in weekend schooners. I think that's a nautical term, right? Schooner? That's something I can say. It's better than kayak. But hell, even if there's a kayak, they would probably have sent it too. Going, take however many people as you can and get them home. Or at least maybe take them back to Dunkirk. Let's fight this. Let's fight this out. This movie is going to be intense and it is going to be sobering with how real it is. This is war. We can take a look at the violence and the fighting in movies like War for the Planet of the Apes, Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets, and things like that and go, okay, well, hell, violence sucks. Yeah, but okay, that's fiction. So I can walk away and be okay. But with this, this really happened. And it adds that much more to the film that we need movies like this to be good to fully get across the terror and the reality of this situation and at the same time pay proper respect to this so if christopher nolan did a really bad job he would be crucified for it think about it some of the best world war ii movies like like two i already mentioned saving private ryan of course and hacksaw ridge were great movies. Even if the war had never happened in some weird multiverse, if that same movie was released, it was still a great movie. And that is what we have with Dunkirk. We have a historical drama that is going to make us feel for these kids and feel an array of feelings as we watch them just try and survive and try and get home. Yeah, they're fighting for a good cause. Yeah, they may have signed up, but that doesn't stop the fact that it is terrifying. You know, there was a time in my life when I wanted to join the military, but it, it was not for me. I did not have the discipline. I was a lazy piece of crap. 
And I can't even begin to imagine what it was like for them. And that's one of the reasons I like movies like this, because I can just begin to understand just a little bit of what it was like for these people. And so I can always be thankful for the sacrifices they made. So Dunkirk, what we have on our hands with this is a movie that's not only going to be well-written, it's not only going to be well-directed, it's not only going to be well-acted, it's all going to be put together to form what could be the movie of the year. This is already getting mentioned as a contender for the Oscar for Best Picture. And from the looks of the trailers, if this also doesn't get a Best Director, Best Writer, and at least a couple acting awards thrown into the mix, then there is something really wrong with the Academy Awards. I know I kind of went on a rant about this movie, but even though I think it's going to be great, even though I'm almost positive I'm going to love it, this still isn't for everyone. Not everyone likes World War II movies. If you do like them, then you see this in theaters. You make a point to see this in theaters. If you have to pick one movie, my vote is for Dunkirk. If you're lucky enough, like me, where you can see both, then see both. But if you have to pick one, make it Dunkirk. Make it the movie that's already making waves. Dunkirk gets an 11 out of 11. So it is time for the question of the week, and we actually have an answer for last week's question. The Uncore Gamers got this in just a little too late. So the question, the last question we had that's already been answered was what franchise or what movie do you wish had a second chance? Now, the Uncore Gamers, or Dan in particular from them, had a really, really good answer, or two really good answers. Dick Tracy or The Rocketeer. Both are fantastic movies. I would have loved to have seen another Dick Tracy movie, or at least one sequel, if not a trilogy, just to see all of the characters that I loved from the cartoon. But for this week's question, we did get an answer from our good friend, Brian Quintana, who says, and I quote, It's hard to pin down my favorite B-movie. I love so many older movies. Plan 9, Elvis movies, Monkey movies, which I assume he's talking about the original Planet of the Apes series. Tarzan movies. Monsters from the Surf. Robot Monster. Rat Finka Boo Boo. Oh god, you you mentioned Rat Finka Boo Boo before. I, okay, I, I started watching that and oh my god, I, I have to sit down and finish it. But seriously, what the f***? Let's get back on with this. The Beast of Yucca Flats. I love newer movies like Deep Rising. Oh, Deep Rising. That was a really good one. That was a Treat Williams movie who was uh, in the substitute sequels. Not the first substitute movie, but the sequels. Treat Williams, Famke Jensen. It's a movie about these people who are on their way to hijack a ocean liner, but find out, hey, guess what? It's empty. Why is it empty? A goddamn tentacle monster has taken it over. So it says newer movies like Deep Rising, the Ernest movies, Over the Edge, Can't Hardly Wait, or Lobster. I would have to say that regardless of genre, my favorite bad movie is Evil Dead. You know what? I really don't think about that as a bad movie. It is, but I it always slips my mind as a bad movie. The first Evil Dead, not the silly later movies, but the first one. Absolutely incredible film. Bruce Campbell, or at least his chin, is like a Greek titan. <laughs> a chin amongst chins. Of all the chins in China, his is made of solid gold and worshipped by monkeys. Holy shit. Good answer. All right, good answer. I like that. 
And now it is time for my answer, and I have two. So the original criteria I put that it was an older movie, like 70s or older, uh, Brian picked some really good ones from past that time, or actually more a little more modern. So I decided to find modern a modern one I like too. So for my older one, from 1974, we have The Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires. This is a movie about... Van Helsing is lecturing in China when Dracula shows up and creates seven golden vampires who know Kung Fu. So now Van Helsing goes to this Chinese village of martial art masters and gets seven brothers and one sister to help him fight the seven golden vampires and Dracula. It is cheese up and down. I'm going to put a link to the trailer in the show notes. Please be warned, there is some nudity in the trailer because it's an older movie and maybe boobies weren't so big back then. I don't know. I don't know why they showed nudity in this because you would think that was more of a taboo thing in the past. But anyway, just be careful. Be careful where you watch it. But it's a great cheesy flick because it has cheesy kung fu and cheesy vampires. There is nothing else you need. And for my older cheesy movie, I am picking one from 1992 called Sidekicks. This movie starred Chuck Norris, Bo Bridges, and the late Jonathan Brandis. It was directed by Chuck Norris's brother, Aaron Norris. It's about a bullied teen who finds martial arts and wants to train in martial arts and go to a martial arts tournament. But whenever he can't do something or he needs a extra motivation, he pictures Chuck Norris next to him, helping him. And eventually in the movie, he gets to go to this tournament, but they're missing one person. Like they have a team of people, but they're missing one person. One more person is needed, needed to fill the spot. And oh my God, if they can only get this next person. And who shows up? But Chuck Norris and says, I'll help you. I'll fight. It is goofy. It is stupid. And I still love it to this day. Well, that is it for this week's question. Thank you, Brian, for answering. It is always great hearing from you. Remember, if you miss a question or if you want to start from the beginning and catch up to now and answer all the questions, please do. You can let me know the answer and then maybe remind me of the question anytime. And I will talk about it on the show for now, at least. Once I get to like have like 50 questions, like if you answer all 50, I can't do this all in one episode. I may pick the best ones. But for now, if you answer all of them, I will mention all of them. So catch up if you want to. And for this week's question, I have thought long and hard about it. And I have decided that since I had this as a two pick week, I kind of want to find out what your criteria is when you when you're picking movies to see in theaters. So to start that, I'm going to have the question be, if a bunch of movies are coming out that look great, like equally great, what genre would you rather see? This isn't necessarily what's your favorite genre, because you could say you love romance movies, but if there's a really good sci-fi movie in the theaters, you'll see that because sci-fi, big sci-fi movie on a big screen, hell yeah, romance on a big screen doesn't need it. So not necessarily what your favorite genre is, but what is your favorite genre to watch in theaters? So that is this week's question. We will answer it next week, but let's jump into the housekeeping so you know how to find me and how to reach me. So how do you listen to this show? Like Ken Petrie used to say, you if you're listening, keep doing it. You're doing a great job. But you can also find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, and Tumblr, as well as any podcast listening app. You can add the Somewhat Nerdy website to that list, somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars on iTunes or a like or uh, how, however it is the app or service you use allows. Thank you to everyone who's done it so far. It means a lot. Let's get those numbers up. 
and also share this podcast. Word of mouth really is how it works around here. That's how the network has grown as a whole. It's all you wonderful people just telling your friends. So tell your friends about it. If you know people who love movies, tell them about all of the podcasts in the Somewhat Nerdy family and the Watch Your Mouth and Uncork Gamers. Let everyone know. How do you reach me? Great question. Leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy site or Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter, Billiam SWN. Instagram, Tumblr, Billiam SWN there as well. Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle podcasts also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Don't forget the Watch Your Mouth podcast, which is coming back in a week, I believe. I think it's been that long. Any time between episodes of any of our shows is too long, I believe. But Watch Your Mouth should be coming back soon. Don't forget to check out the Uncorked Gamers, a weekly gaming podcast. Please check the Somewhat Nerdy site for all of our latest blogs and news. And lastly... Finally, ultimately, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future friends, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off. I'll see you in the future. <laughs>